Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Under Construction Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking to Bianca Strickland. Bianca is the Vice President of Human Resources for the ADB companies, which includes ADB, Zero Day Technologies, Mercury Communication, and Inspired Solutions. As a note, Bianca was voted the Person of the Year at the ADB companies by her peers last year, and after you listen to this episode, you'll know why. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Under Construction Podcast. Today I am in beautiful, snowy Pacific, Missouri, sitting here with Bianca Strickland. Bianca, what's your role here at the Keeley Companies? I am the Vice President of Human Resources. What does that look like in terms of what your job entails? Well, to put it simply, I feel like I'm, my job is to make people happy and inclusive. Um, feel valued, um, and help them grow and develop. Very cool. How did you come to be at ADB Companies? So um, about nine years ago, I started with a company. Um, it was called Look Lead Gas okay. at that time, which is now Spire. Um, and I worked for a division called Missouri Natural Gas of Look Lead. Um, Back when we were at Progress in Union, my office at Laclede was four offices down from ADB. Ah. So Laclede went through this big restructure, got a new CEO who I hear is a phenomenal woman, um, and essentially was uh, reconciling all these division offices to make one big corporate umbrella. So positions were being transferred um, you know, to downtown St. Louis, these division offices were going away. And just like here, I had super strong relationships with the field team members there. And um, one of them knew Chad. And I get a call from who at the time, her name was Wendy, who worked very closely mm -hmm. with Chad on, hey, I got your name, swing by and, you know, let's talk. Um, and at that time, you know, my my daughter was about five and driving downtown every day wasn't really an option for me. I could see that. Um, so I took a leap of faith, you know, when you come from a small town like me, getting in with Amron or Laclede Gas, it's like, you don't ever leave there, right? That is the gold mine. Um, and decided to join, you know, what was a, a pretty small company mm -hmm. um, that seemed like it had a lot of growth coming their way. And that's kind of how it all started. So when you started, about how big was ADB in terms of headcount of people that you were? I would say at? we were right at 200 people. 200. And where are we at today? 805. <laughs> Been it, a journey. That is incredible. The amount yes. of Oh my gosh, that's a lot of people. Yes. So circling back to the HR field, how did you decide to get into HR? What about it did you like and why did you choose <clears throat> it uh, as opposed to another career? Well, what's interesting is when I was first getting out of high school, um, when you're from a small town, it's you, sh you need to become a nurse. That's okay. kind of what your family tells you or, you know, what you're surrounded by a lot. And I realized really quick, I actually became a LPN, which a lot of people may not know. That's cool. I realized about, I don't know, 30 days in that I don't do very well with 
miserable, sick people who are very unhappy, right? I have empathy for that, but being surrounded by that all day without really a solid outcome of mm -hmm. like happiness and, you know, being able to fix whatever problem they have was tough for me. So um, started college into business and I took a psychology class around people and, you know, influencing and um, corporate psychology and all of that. And then, you know, I, I would say that's where I felt my passion, like, this is what I need to do. Um, and so it, it really just progressed from there. Um, graduated with my bachelor's in HR management and then wanted to just keep going and got my MBA with an HR focus. And um, obviously being able to do what you love every day, yeah. you know, is exciting. So. So what do you, this will be the plus delta, we always do this, right? Yeah. What do you love about the HR job? What's your favorite part of it? I have a huge love and passion for the blue collar demographic. Um, I think when you grow up in a town with 1200 people that, you know, 80% of them are kind of stuck. Sure. Um, and they have to do things like work 5 a.m. till 8 p.m. to provide for their family because most moms are stay-at-home moms. And, you know, um, I think being able to show them how much they mean, um, make them believe their value that I see in them and help them grow and develop into something they didn't even know they mm -hmm. could be is my favorite part by far. I mean, it's, it's what keeps me going. It's the mojo that I need. Um, there's so many examples I can give you over the last six years at ADB where we've had an 18 year old straight out of high school. I have no idea. I'm just, I need money right. that is now, you know, two years later, foreman on a crew just started a family buying their first house. And it's just, it's, it's the reason it's, it's why I do what I do. I love that. Unleashing people's potential and helping yeah. them see what they can't see in themselves. Absolutely. That's awesome. So fun. It's so fun. So the flip side of that, what's the hardest part of the job for you that you just don't really enjoy, but you know you have to do? You know, I think um, when I step back, it's really hard to make 800 people equally happy. So I think recognizing that um, you do the best you can and not everybody is going to love what you do mm -hmm. or, or how you do it and taking those. When, when you have a passion for people, anybody saying um, they're unhappy or they feel like you didn't treat them well or fair is a huge blow. I mean, yeah. it's like losing the biggest contract we've ever had if I was going to compare it to operations, right? Sure. Um, so I would say those are really hard and mm -hmm. I've, I've really had to learn to take it, embrace it. No, don't blanket it. Like we're terrible and we don't do anything right. Sure. Um, but I would say that's, that would be the hardest thing for me I having to tell that. people they're not in the right seat or, Hey, I'm sorry. You feel like I, we couldn't support you or, you know, th that's hard. Yeah. I could totally see that, uh, along those lines, uh, with your role with uh, recruiting as well, what advice would you give to people that are looking to get into their, their first career or doing a mid-career transition, right? So what is it that helps people to be valuable to a company from a recruiting standpoint? What advice can you give folks? So 
I think one frustrating thing I have with people that are trying to transition, whether it's out of retail or the food industry or, um, you know, hotels um, that look at ADB as their next career destination is um, coming in, introducing themselves and expecting us to tell them what their passion and their career mm. path should be. So I think the first thing would be, you know, if there's a career change that somebody's looking to make is really dig deep because we invest a ton into people and we essentially are going to marry you. Um, <laughs> so dig deep and come with what is it you want to do and then sell how your skills and experience from another industry can transform and be a value at ADB. Yeah. Um, I never feel comfortable eye to eye with people saying, okay, you're here to interview and you don't know what you want to do and you want me to pick for you. I'm right. That doesn't feel right to me. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. Step back, look at everything the company has to offer, um, figure out where you could see yourself for five years plus, and then sell your skills from wherever you came from. Yeah, good. That's great advice. Don't rely on the company to tell you. Uh, and also, I'm sure you see that when you get a person who's passionate, yeah. not only are they happier, but they're more productive. 100%. It makes a better fit for the company. Yeah. So that's great advice. Thank you. Um, looking back over the past five years or so, what have you become better at saying no to? Probably the hardest thing for me to say no to, which is the small stuff. Um, I, <clears throat> like I said, love the blue collar world. A lot of the innovation and the progressive um, tools that we have um, integrated into the department, like Sage People, you with the LMS, um, a lot of online benefit stuff has taken me from literally printing pay stubs for team members right. to empowering them that they can get their own pay stubs. As small as it sounds, that was really hard for me three years ago to say, sorry, right. um, let me show you how you can do it and not just doing it for them. You know, there's a sense of enabling that as you grow from 200 to 800, I can't print 100, 800 pay stubs anymore, right? right? So I would say the small stuff, really having to, um, especially our veterans in the field, that they're used to that customer support sure. from me or anybody on my team is, sorry, you can do it yourself and let me show you how. Yeah. Um, and, you know, breaking kind of that handholding. So I would say that as small as it sounds, that was really tough because you kind of feel like you're not helping them, Sure. you know, um, but also with, you know, the, the operations leaders, you know, um, being able to raise your hand and say, hey, I know we've always done it that way, but I kind of disagree. You know, those kind of things happen throughout my career as well. But I would say the biggest impact for me to say no to was was it was the small things. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Well, small things add up, right? They it always, does. They make it makes a small. difference to them. Exactly. You know, to them, it's the most important thing of the day. I need my pay stub. And 
you know, if we can do that for you and it takes us 30 seconds, why not? But as we've grown, it's just, we can't provide the same level of handholding to everybody. Sure. And so then favoritism comes about and right. So yeah. we, we had to kind of cut it off a little bit, but still say, let me show you. Right. Um, but yeah, that was a challenge that I'm much better at today because <laughs> it, it's too big and I can't do it. So only um, 800 people. Correct. Right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, Okay, so this is uh, looking, the podcast, of course, about the journey to success. Yeah. And we know that human beings learn the most when they fail, right? Yeah. A child learning to walk falls many times, mm -hmm. but eventually learns to walk. So what is one of your favorite failures that has set you up to be the success that you are today? Oh, John, I have so many. Um, I would probably say... You know, I had a lot early in my career of just, um, you know, what's really meaningful to talk about and what's not. You know, what was important to me maybe wasn't truly a important business impact and mm -hmm. learning to not take stuff like that personal. Um, but I would probably say the biggest one has just been very recent in my career, which is so funny because I've went throughout my career of being successful at it and mm -hmm. then you hit this, this stage where you don't expect it to become an issue when mm -hmm. you're this far into your career, right? Sure. Um, but I went through a time last year where there was some major team in my team turnover changes um, that I really had to step back and say, okay, things are moving too fast. Um, decisions aren't being made well. Um, there's some accountability that has to happen. And although the HR department is the last department that wants turnover. Right. <laughs> kind of hard to convince other people what they should do when you're suffering with it yourself. Sure. I think it gave me a new perspective though. If I, if I were to tell you the lesson learned of being more empathetic to yeah. our operations leaders on, I get it now, right? Yeah. I get it. And now I know exactly what not to do. I know exactly why you made the decision you did because I did it too. Sure. Um, so I would say that was my biggest failure, but I definitely, I definitely had to embrace it, take a little bit of the heat, right? Sure. Like really, um, and learn from it. And I could not be more excited, motivated, um, thrilled with the team I have today. It by far, I think I needed that sure. to know what I truly need and what ADB needs to succeed. So ah, love it. Great story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's uh it's always a hard one as a manager Absolutely. when you start to have that turnover. It, yeah. Ugh, it's a horrible time. But if you embrace it, you come out the other side stronger. Yeah, Very it's like you failing a cer certification job. You can't you are the certification <laughs> god, right? You can't do that. <laughs> What? You failed? Exactly. You're supposed to be the smart Exactly. <laughs> Very similar to what I went through. So, but it was good. It was a good lesson learned. Good. Speaking of success, how do you, Bianca, how do you define success? For myself or? For, your, for yourself. Um, so I think for me, uh, the only, other than making people happy, mm -hmm. I would say for me, um, biggest motivation by far is I have a sassy, 
looking at myself in the mirror, wonderful 13 year old daughter, right? Yes. And I would say that is 100% like, so I think, you know, as she gets older, when she realizes um, that I'm not the enemy one day right. um, and looks back and says, holy cow, I think for me, that's like, check, mm. right? Did it. I mean, all the titles and it's, I think for me, it's how like her approval. So yeah. if I could put it very I love it. simple. Yeah. It is important. Yeah. Very, very important. Yeah. If you were to be able to, let's let's put you in God mode. So now Bianca has control over every phone, every iPad, every computer mm. screen. You know, you've got the power now. What do you put on that screen that you want people to know? It can be a picture, it can be a quote, it can be you saying something. But if you had God mode and everyone in the world could hear from you, what would you want everybody to know? I think the simplest thing I would put on there is you matter, exclamation, exclamation. I think everybody equally matters, no matter your one day old laborer that doesn't know anything about your what you're doing to your rusty Keeley with all the burdens in the world, you matter. Yeah, So that's great, yeah. that's great. Okay, so wrapping up here, um, You've got a newer team, you know, you, you've talked about uh, helping people to be happy, growing in their career. Okay. As you look forward managing your team, what are some tips that you can give a new manager to help them unleash the potential of their team? So I would say, although you have to align yourself to the different personalities, right? So I have 12 people on my team um, very motivated, strong-willed, um, men and women, you have to really, for me, I think the biggest lesson learned was relationship building, mm. right? So that's what I really focus on first. Cause I think when, when you're dealing with, you know, not just employee number X yes. and you're dealing with, you know, Joe Schmo, who's got a daughter in soccer and hey, your kids play soccer too. And you can walk in on a Tuesday morning and say, hey, Joe Schmo, how did, you know, little Lily do at her soccer game? That is going to set the tone for the entire day. Mm -hmm. um, so I think for me, it's, you know, stepping back and saying from a, people are people and right. we all live in this community because of the relationships. And that's what's gonna keep people, no matter how tough it is, how accountable you hold them, the tail chewings that come. <laughs> yes. It's the fact that they feel like you care about them as people and um, team members at the end of the day. So I would say, you know, that can be hard. I mean, especially with everybody's moving so fast and, you know, we've got so much growth and it's hard to sit down and say, Hey John, how's Jen doing? Right. But how much would that matter to you? Oh, the fact that I know her name's Jen right. is the first thing, right? Like, oh, you remember human that? Human resources treats me like a human. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And I would say, if there's anything I do, not even for my team, but I think that's just you know everybody's got their gifts, what they're mm -hmm. good at, right? right? I've just always been able to remember the small things. 
I mean, even all the way down to the field and the face that they give when they're like, whoa, you remember that? Yeah. Um, I don't remember last names, but I know first names, <laughs> faces, and kids' names. That's and, perfect. Um, but yeah, I think it's relationship building. I think it's what our culture is. And if you don't have that, um, I found trends that mm. within our organization, because they're so, the relationships are so strong that we form with one another, that if there's a team member that you don't have that with, it's probably safe to say they don't have it with other people, which mm. means they're gonna be uncomfortable, right. right? It's just like when you walk into somebody's home and you don't feel like you're welcome there. That's working in that every day can't, be sustained. Yeah, I so. can see that. Awesome. Well, I certainly appreciate the amount of time that you spent today. I know there are plenty of other things that pile up, but thank you for sharing with everybody that listens to this. You have great advice, an exciting career, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time, and this is, um, thank you for asking me. There's yeah. a lot of people here that are much <laughs> smarter than me, so uh, thanks, Johnny. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us here on the Under Construction Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual, if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can choose either the anchor.fm forward slash U website or your favorite podcatcher. Look forward to talking to you in another couple of weeks. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.